This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, thank you for tuning in. Today's question, did you ever want to be a doctor when you grew up? Are you are you a doctor listening now? If so, uh, what kind? I'd especially love to hear from some surgeons. Hi, I'm Ben. Hi, I'm Noel. And uh, when I get blood drawn, I have to look away and close my eyes and breathe slowly or else I'll pass out because blood and the whole idea of the human body weirds me out. It's the human body overall? Well, no, just the, the stuff inside okay. that should stay inside, remaining inside. I would prefer that to be the case. I don't like cutting uh-huh. uh, in movies. Uh-huh. Never liked it when people get cut. Yeah. So this story today was a bit of a stretch for me um, in terms of my own personal constitution. I see. That's what you're talking about this. Yeah. Uh, we've also got our super producer, Casey Pegram, in the house. Uh, Casey, did you ever want— Think of being a doctor when you were a wee tyke? No, that was that was never one of my kind of growing up wannabe things. Uh-huh. How do you feel about the side of blood? Um, I'm okay with the side of blood in general. I don't like the side of my own blood. So I go. don't like getting blood taken, you know, all that kind of stuff I'm not a fan of. Oh, you didn't ask me, no. I think I have a feeling. You seem like a bit of a fearless, uh, iron-gutted figure to me. Uh, you always have, but no. Well, do tell. That's that's very kind of you. I uh, I, I have a life 
uh, fraught with strange phobias that terrify me, like touching metal or having to touch cardboard. Ooh, blood is kind of metallic. Does that fall into that category for you? Only if I drink it. So so usually uh, I... Having to uh, do survival training kind of stuff uh, gets you over that initial squig or squick uh, pretty quickly. But I don't go out of my way to get in situations where I'm looking inside people or something. Because if I were to do that, then I would probably be better suited to be a surgeon rather than a podcaster. And today's episode is about surgery. Uh, There is some graphic stuff. Noel, I'm going to check in with you to make sure that we don't go uh, too far out of a comfort zone. I will be the bellwether of wussery in this one. (laughs) No, you're the the canary in the cave mine of carnage. Yes, the coal mine cave. Uh, But yeah, no, slight trigger warning. If you didn't already catch the drift, this story is kind of gross. There's some gore. And we're not going to be super descriptive about it because God knows I'll pass out on the floor right here in the shipping container. But uh, just a heads up, if this isn't the kind of thing that you want to listen to, uh, then don't. It's <laughs> fair, fairly blunt, yes. Uh, this is also uh, darkly comic. And to begin the story, we're going to need to introduce you to a fellow named Robert Liston, born on the 28th of October, 1794. He is a Scottish surgeon, and he was known for being a bit of a showman. He's a bit cocky. Kind of a showboat. Mm-hmm. Kind of a kind of a David Blaine stage magician vibe. I don't know if that's something you want in a surgeon. If a surgeon was a peacock, <laughs> it would be this guy. Yes, he was bantam indeed. And as you know, I'm scared of birds too. Yes, so this is a bird surgeon. A peacock surgeon is You're- like... My worst nightmare. You're welcome for the nightmare that you're going to have this weekend. Thank you, Ben. So, so, uh, so Robert Liston, though, was one of the best, most widely known surgeons of his time. He got his education at the University of Edinburgh and became the first great northern anatomist of Blackwell's magazine. And by 1818, he was a surgeon at the Royal Infirmary of Edinburgh And his legacy contains stuff that is primarily found in the medical community, you know, like inside trade info, and uh, then stuff that made it into popular culture. Liston was very, very well known for the speed at which he conducted surgery. He earned a fantastic nickname, which was the fastest knife in the West End, which is clever on a couple of levels. <laughs> it is, isn't it? In fact, uh, there's a little story that's that's in a Mental Floss article called On the Table with one of history's most infamous surgeons uh, by a guy named Matt Soniak that describes a uh, particular surgery where um, Liston actually asked one of his assistants to set a timer so that he could show off how quickly he could amputate uh, a gentleman's leg. And I'm just going to read you a quote because it's very visual and and I love it. He goes, the man grabs your leg and begins to cut just below the knee. He continues to hold onto your leg as one of his lackeys gets a tourniquet around it to free his cutting hand. He clasps the knife covered in your blood in his teeth and picks up a saw. He cuts back and forth through the bone, drops the severed part of the leg into a bucket filled with sawdust and sews you up to the applause of the men sitting in the wings. They've timed the whole bloody procedure, get it, from first incision to clipping the loose threads on the sutures at just two and a half minutes. 
And that that quote comes from the journalist Matt Soniak, who who has this fantastic article about Liston. So in two and a half minutes, he has performed an amputation. His style may have seemed really cavalier, but we have to remember this is before so many of the medical discoveries and technical improvements that we have today. Yeah, I'm guessing they may have given – did they have ether back then? That would have been something they at least had at their disposal, right? I would imagine, but this is the age before widespread anesthesia. That's true. So maybe – I don't know. I don't want to sound like an ignorant person here when it comes to surgery. Like I said, it kind of freaks me out. So I don't really look into it too heavily. But uh, one thing I know from this research is quite often no one was given anything. And there was a whole lot of just absolute screaming and horror and terror. Bite down on this. Bite down on this while assistants literally had to hold the person down while – the surgeons. So speed was kind of the name of the game. Yes. And no one was faster than uh, Liston. Um, there is even a, a story I read in the uh, in a Gizmodo article or an io9 article that talked about how sometimes people would flee the operating table, like just like lunging away with a snail trail of blood left behind them. Yeah, because the other people lost their grip, the mm-hmm. assistants. So yes, speed is key here. It not only minimizes the patient's pain, but it also improves their odds of surviving the surgery. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. (laughs) Well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you. Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. 
Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Sometimes to get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. We're nothing if not trailblazers here at Ridiculous History. And you know who also is a huge uh, iconoclastic challenger of the status quo, Ben? Who is that, Noel? Well, I think you know. It's Harry's. Yes, it's Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by all kinds of like slipshod, questionable products in the shaving industry. And they said, hey, you got to be the change. I was excited to try out the Winston set. It's an all-in-one package. You get some shaving cream. You get that great razor we're talking about. They also have deodorant. Yeah, I was about to say. Very helpful. I do really enjoy uh, their line of self-care products. Um, Richly lathering, skin-softening body washes and scents like redwood, wild lens, and stone. You want to know what a stone smells like? I've often wondered. Only you know you can. (laughs) So don't settle for the status quo, folks. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash history. Once again, that's harrys.com slash history for a $3 trial set. Liston is not only very, very fast, he's also very, very good for the time. If you went into Liston's operating theater, you only had a 1 in 10 chance of dying. Which right now sounds terrible. That does sound pretty terrible, but let's compare it to the competition. Their rate of death was hovering around one in four. Yeah, so you can see why you would want to go to Liston, right? Sometimes patients would camp out, would literally sleep inside his waiting room for days waiting to see him. A, can you imagine the scene? Mm. B, can you imagine the smell? Right. He tried to see every single one of his patients, although he was a little bit cocky. You know, he had a good heart when it came to helping people. Which is another reason that speed factored into it so importantly, because you can't see people if you're, you know, taking your time with that old saw. Yeah, we have to remember in this era, hospitals were very scary, intimidating places. People walked in having made peace with their creator thinking, well, this might be, this might be it for me. I think it's just a cough, but we'll see. And Liston understood that. He thought he had a responsibility for his patient's feelings. So he wanted to have a thorough knowledge of anatomy, pathology, all that slow jazz, all the good stuff, and also be a good diagnoser of symptoms. But he also wanted to be compassionate. So it's very easy for us looking back to forget that softer aspect of his persona. He did care about people. He was crazy good, but he did care about people. And it's kind of like Tony Stark in uh, the Marvel comics or the MCU because, you know, he's kind of arrogant. He's a bit of a show-off, but he's got a heart of gold underneath that. Here's one example that's very Tony Stark of him. Liston loved treating cases that his fellow surgeons had dismissed. Like the surgeons say, well, there's no way I'm going to do that because you'll die. It's an incurable condition. Good day, sir. I said to you, good day. They would go to Liston and he would say, oh, they say they can't. They say it can't be done. They say it can't be done. I will prove them wrong. Start the timer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting combination of compassion and cocksure bravado, for sure. Uh, and what ends up happening that enters into the big part, the quite 
disturbing part of our story uh, is that very thing. Uh, it's a combination of all those factors kind of playing into a perfect storm of horrible outcome. That's right. Uh, though he was good, he was not perfect. And sometimes, like Icarus, his hubris was his downfall. Once, for example, Liston was su- in such a hurry to amputate a leg that he accidentally cut a patient's testicles off along with the leg. Yeah, like Icarus, he sawed too close to the taint. Yes. Uh, his most famous story along these lines happens this way. There's an operation. It's the middle of this operation, right? And he's moving so, so very fast that he takes off the fingers of his surgical assistant. He's cutting through a leg, and he cuts through his assistant's hand while they're holding the patient down. That's right. And again, we have to remember this patient would have been struggling. It was no small feat to, you know, restrain these folks. And I'm sure there were some restraints involved too, like having them strapped down. But you can't have somebody flopping around like a fish when you're trying to saw through their leg. So not only did he miscue and slice the fingers, I think part of this had to do with he would, had aimed too high and he sawed through up the upper hip or near the hip area, which is probably where the uh, assistant was gripping him to get, you know, purchased to keep him held down. Exactly. And <laughs> this he already knows this stuff is happening quickly. This is not ideal. Uh, so he's not going to stop the surgery, though. The show must go on. So he switches instruments, you know, throws one thing into that, uh, to the floor, to a bucket of sawdust or what have you. And then while he's switching the instruments, I, you can't see it here, folks, but I am doing a pretty fantastic arms flailing impression here. <laughs> He's switching instruments. I'm still trying to figure out how this happens, Noel, because he must have been just throwing his arms wide. There's a spectator standing nearby just watching the surgery because that's what people used to do, and he slashes the spectator's coat with this bloody instrument, and this guy, the guy who's just the onlooker, freaks out. Yeah, first of all, I'm not trying to, you know, throw anybody under the bus here, but that spectator— was probably a little too much of a hovery looky Lou. He probably should have been keeping his distance a little bit in this situation. So I'm going to argue that he sort of had that coming a little bit. But yeah, he also like clearly was squeamish about the blood because by this point, fingers are off on assistant, squirting blood out of like bloody nub stumps. Then the leg is off, blood squirting out of there, absolute pandemonium in the operating theater. Mm-hmm. And the spectator, uh, you know, almost gets, you know, when I first read this, I saw sliced and coat, and I misread a sliced throat. Ah. Uh, yeah, but no, he, it's, again, this is like the stuff of legend almost. Uh, hard to confirm what exactly happened to this guy, but uh, we've seen it written in several places that he had an immediate massive heart attack and died. Right, yeah, he died later that night of, of fright. And the patient died because they got gangrene in the hospital. The assistant died. Because they got gangrene in the I th- hospital. I think the that it all kind of spread from that original saw, too, that may mm-hmm. have been tainted and it wasn't properly sterilized, which, God, like you said, you're, they're throwing stuff into buckets. They're covered in blood. It seems like more like a butcher shop than a proper you know, operating uh, room. And, yeah, that infection got into the assistant's blood as well, and he also died from the effects. And this is what led the distinguished surgeon and anesthesiologist Richard Gordon to call this the only operation in history with a 300% 
mortality rate. He is also the guy who coined the uh, nickname the fastest knife in the West End for Liston. So let's not forget, legacy-wise, Liston was remembered, you know, in his community, in the medical community, which is a very niche kind of close-knit community uh, with a lot of esoteric knowledge that wouldn't mean much to anybody else. They remembered him for a lot of important, you know, deeds and works to further the medical profession. But, of course, you know, uh, most regular old folks are going to remember much more the story where he accidentally killed three people. You yeah, know, by slicing through them with a, you know, infected blade. Well, he created the Liston splint, bulldog locking forceps. Those are still around today. And he also did play a role in the administration of ether. So he, he made proper contributions, but, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And so now Liston is known outside of the medical community as the surgeon with a 300% mortality rate. Again, that story is somewhat anecdotal, but it is illustrative, I would I would argue, of the problems with medical care and surgery at the time. I mean, this is still before people washed their hands when conducting surgery. It's true. Um, he also published a couple of important medical texts, The Elements of Surgery and Practical Surgery. And this is pretty interesting. Uh, near the end of his career, he made history when he performed a surgery in Britain on a man named Frederick Churchill in 1846 um, who had uh, a right knee that had been giving him a lot of pain. So nothing had worked for him, and the only option was going to be amputation. Uh, but instead, Liston didn't use a knife. He actually pulled out a jar of ether, as you said. And then that became something that dentists and surgeons um, used as a surgical anesthetic from that point on. Right. And these are the days when people were still saying, maybe we should hypnotize patients. But he found that ether... Uh, ether worked as well. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your team enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber Teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? 
here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avala Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising, one with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's this. There's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, what's the catch? So we dug in, and after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Can you believe that? Mint Mobile's got a secret sauce, babies, and it is that they sell wireless service online, and by doing so, cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet, delicious savings directly onto you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I, I, I don't want to let this go. The importance of people washing their hands, just in general. Uh, there was a guy, a Hungarian doctor named Ignaz Semmelweis, and he was the person who could have saved so many lives, especially during childbirth and so on, by the simple technique of washing one's hands. Yeah, I believe he introduced that in 1847 at the Amalgamein's mm-hmm. in, uh in Fair Deutschland. But doctors were upset, and they didn't listen to him. They said, this Simmelweis guy is making us look bad because he's implying that we're giving these uh, women and children fevers. He also wasn't very tactful. He was kind of a, um, a Larry David or Bernie Sanders figure. You know what I mean? A bit of a curmudgeon. Anyway, Semmelweis eventually ends up in a mental health facility in an asylum. So wash your hands. This is the conclusion of this. And hey, sometimes speed isn't everything. Yeah. Come on, guys. Slow down. Smell the roses. Think of the most vague uh, summations I could make. I'm going real fortune cookie caption here. Something interesting will happen this week. Oh. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay, that one was my bad. May you live in interesting times. That one was my bad. Yeah, great. (laughs) (laughs) It's time. Gentlemen, Jonathan Strickland, aka the Quister. This is this may uh, this may come as a surprise to some people, but you're you're back again. You're back at, at, at your old uh, your old shenanigans and tricks, huh? They just can't keep me out. You keep changing the locks. I keep breaking in. Ah, uh, well, as we I mean, know, also, this, also I missed you guys. 
Oh, hey. How was the vacation, buddy? Yeah. It was really good. Thank you for asking. Oh, yeah. my arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was fantastic. I, I highly recommend London and Paris. It was wonderful. Eh? That's oh, right. I feel like a new man. You went to the UK. Yeah. I was there, yes. Yes, I was there during uh, some interesting protests. We'll just leave it there. Well, now I want to know. Is it like about Brexit or oh, was it your beer? Oh, was it about Brexit? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If you want to take the channel from uh, London to Paris, don't do it when a dude has climbed up on top of the train station because you ain't going nowhere. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Were you the dude? No. Oh. No, I was in line, a very long line to get on a train that was almost certainly not going to leave. Well, thank you for narrowly escaping disaster mm-hmm. aboard the channel to uh, – Come with us and play one of our most divisive games. Yes, the the most cringeworthy segment in all of podcasting. Yes, <laughs> which was which was again. I, I feel like we have to straighten out the historical record here. Which was your idea? Yes, it was. <laughs> I I one day on a whim suggested that uh, I present you with different scenarios, and you have to determine whether or not the scenario I'm presenting to you is in fact a real one or if I made it up seas. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the way this works is I will present the scenario and then the uh, the the two gentlemen will have three minutes to deliberate on whether or not I'm telling the truth or I'm lying. And they may ask questions of me if they follow an arbitrary rule of my choosing, which I realize I did not think of before I came in here. So in honor of the topic, for you to be able to ask a question, you must preface it with the phrase, Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of cutting you. Just, just the first part. Just, okay. give, just to give me the followed by your question. And now <clears throat> I will uh, read out the scenario. When I am done, we will start the timer. So get the big grandfather clock ready. <clears throat> I'm limbering up. Doctor Hasty Lanyon was a bit of an eccentric surgeon. He was nearly equal parts performer and doctor, and had a flair for the macabre. He had studied, though probably never directly, the work of Luigi Galvani, for whom the galvanic response is named. Lanyon took to extremes and, in northern England in the early 1800s, demonstrated some rather ghoulish applications of the technology upon cadavers that I am assured were totally acquired legally. While there were no truly reliable reports from those demonstrations, some reporters of questionable honesty wrote of corpses pointing, grimacing, twitching, and, in one case, even sitting up and gasping in response to the electrical impulses Dr. Lanyon applied. Modern historians and doctors doubt the veracity of those claims, but it seems that Hasty Lanyon was at least well known for some pretty primitive corpse puppetry. Start the timer. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Uh, yes, Mr. Bullen. Uh, so this this guy, Hasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this guy, Hasty, was primarily known for this, or? It was how he became famous. Otherwise, he was a doctor, studied at the University of Edinburgh Mm -hmm. in the School of Medicine. Mm -hmm. But uh, apart from, these are really the only records of, he doesn't have like a long story career that exists in any record, but there are records of these supposed demonstrations. Hasty, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds made up to me. Mm. Sounds like hasty, like he was... A little too hasty, perhaps? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know why I'm, I feel optimistic about this, but I'm going with true. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, 
That's not what I was getting at at all, Ben. <laughs> but you know right. what? Let's you know, debate. No, Let's no. debate. Let's okay. debate. Uh, that was, I was really only going on Because the name is mm-hmm. super sketchy, right? Sketchy sounding. I, I feel like that, mm. that's true. Maybe you could ask. Uh, maybe you could Dr. ask. Dr. Doctor, give me the news. Yes. Uh, what did he do again? <laughs> so he stuck electrodes onto cadavers and zapped them and made them twitch around a lot. Uh, he, To give you a little more detail, just because I said early 1800s, the time period we're looking at is 1808. So that's about three decades after Galvani. And uh, also, supposedly, was one of the inspirations for Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Well, that, that yes, surely that Which makes was published sense. in 1818. I feel like there's too much detail here. Now I'm starting to doubt it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to stick. I, I, I'm going to stick with true. You're going to stick with true. I'm going to stick with true. You you're starting to doubt it. And you're going to stick with true. Yeah, exactly. You are a man of contradictions. Well, you, you are a man of mind games. Mm-hmm. You true. vile quister. Mm-hmm. It's true. Creature. I'm out of practice with the quister. That's true. He's been relaxing in the, on the sand. It's true. I did. I took a cruise. Yeah? It was nice. Was it nice? Mm, it was not in Nice. It did, was in Paris, did you, but it was da-da, nice. Da-da, That's da-da, very da-da. cute. Did you eat any patisserie? Pa- I did, pa- in fact. Whatever. I, there was I a patisserie know. right across the street from the apartment. Guys, 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 we mm. have 40 seconds. All right, all right. Uh, what did you say? You're going to stick with true? I'm going to lock it. You want to lock it in? Let's, Let's lock, lock it in true. Three, two, one, True. <laughs> You guys got to read more. Dr. Hasty Lanyon is a character in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I made it upsies. Ah. Now, interestingly, though, ah. interestingly, no. though, I should say, first of all, the, yes. the inspiration, <laughs> uh, supposedly, for Mary Shelley's Frankenstein mm-hmm. was Dr. Joseph Conrad Dippel, who was active in the 17th century and was born in... Castle Frankenstein. Mm, and then uh, Giovanni, yeah. Giovanni Aldippi, who was the nephew to Luigi Galvani actually did do demonstrations similar to what I described where supposedly corpses had opened up their eyes, pointed, punched the air, kicked the air. But uh, again, these were just uh, – supposedly people would pass out looking at these demonstrations. Uh-huh. I don't know exactly how reliable those are either. But what I gave you was total fiction. Yeah, that's what I began to suspect when you had uh, too many – uh, ready-made details yep, that yep. you were, dare I say, hasty to provide. Well, I wanted to give you a chance. You've lost the last few, and I thought, well, if I just keep feeding them, they're surely they're going to. But nope, nope, you just had to go down that road with me. No, it turns out we're hungry boys, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> well, and to be fair, it is similar to things that have been reported. I was Don't mostly us. I was mostly hoping that you had, had read Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I was really, I, I was like, this is a coin flip. It may be that, that Ben... Turned to me and said, you mean like the character in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Uh, and it, I would say, whoopsies. <laughs> it's been a long time. But you know what? That gives us a new goal. Maybe one day we can ask a question that just completely blows up the scenario you've presented. Mm. If we did that, would you ever be in a situation where you say, whoops, no, no, I know you too well, my old friend. You would, you would continue with with the charade. Here's here's the problem is that if you ask me a legitimate question about a legitimate historical fact and I don't know the answer, I would be honored bound to say I don't know the answer to that question. And that means that I should probably do the same thing for the fake ones. <laughs> because otherwise, <laughs> if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer to that question and I tell you that, you're going to say, well, this is obviously one of the true ones. We win. I was so close when you started <laughs> giving out the details. 
Well, that one's on me. Can't win them all. No, but we be, can't win. Most but it'd be of nice them, to win one, yeah. actually. Yeah. You, you know, you were, you were almost even with me for a while. Part of the fun of this, though, is eating crow from time to time. You it's know, very Tom and Jerry to me. Yep. You know, I like it. So, despite winning today's round, uh, Jonathan Strickland, aka the Quister, thank you so much for dropping by. We're glad that you made it out of the channel. Ah, uh, Durian. <laughs> Sure. Did you say durian? <laughs> durian. Ah, what's that mean? It's nothing. Oh. It's usually what you say if someone says thank you. The, the common response is it's nothing. Oh. Which, like which no is, big deal? Yeah, like not a problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yeah. No sweat. Zero perspiration. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks as always to our super producer, Casey Pegram. Thanks to Gabe Lucier, our fantabulous uh, research associate, and thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. So what are some of the strange uh, sawbone-esque stories of medical quackery or medical mishaps that you have heard? Uh, What what are your favorite ones? Share them with us and your fellow listeners. Also, shout out to the podcast Sawbones. That's a great show. Yeah, on the Maximum Fun Network, which Ah, we're huge fans of. Justin McElroy. I recall as one of the hosts of that show. I do believe you recall mm. correctly. Mm. Um, you can write us at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. Uh, we're going to stick with that one for the meantime. We may have another one uh, inching in pretty soon, but for the time being, use that one. Uh, you can also hit us up on our Facebook group, The Ridiculous Historians, where, you know, folks are posting memes. The Jonathan Strickland the Quister even creeps his way in there from time to time. That is true. That is, don't I, think we don't see you, I dude. keep getting tagged. <laughs> don't think we don't see you. Uh, you can also you can also find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. We each have our own personal Instagrams. If you want to see our various shenanigans, I'm Ben Bolin. I am at Embryonic Insider. Uh, I'm at John Strickland. No H. No H. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode is brought to you by Discover. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything.
Limited time. Special offers await at avalonwaterways.com.